This is the outside broadcast TDN radio. And we are at the um, family, the Holy Family Church in Brooklyn, uh, Flatlands in Brooklyn. And we are going to be carrying live uh, an event by the group called We Are Dominica. They're getting ready to start. It's, um, it, it's, a, it's a program that's intended to um, start the discussion on ac- the action planning series. Uh, for electoral reform and child abuse reform in Dominica. And so TDN Radio is carrying it live. Uh, my name is Anthony Drago. I do the outside broadcast team, TDN Radio outside broadcast team. And our, uh, uh, the feature speaker at tonight's uh, function is going to be uh, Mr. Lennox, Lennox Linton, the opposition leader of, of from Dominica. He's the, he's the political party leader of the United Workers Party. And so we're standing by for the event to start. The people are gathering. And um, there's supposed to be a lively discussion centered around the the incidents of um, the incidents of, of child abuse and uh, and also questions being asked about um, electoral reform in Dominica. And so uh, the master ceremony is just coming onto the podium right now. And we're getting ready to, to begin the tonight's activities. So once again, we are live at the Holy Family Church in Brooklyn, New York, in Canassi, Brooklyn, New York. It's, it's a program. All right. Can that you get, can you take, uh, our seats, please? Can we, we get Dominican. seated, please? And that group, we're about to start, uh, please. A, a, everyone. Let's go to the, let's can go you to get the, uh, seated? We're about to start. Please get seated, everyone. Uh, Miss Aura Edwards will lead us out in prayer. She will invite some divine intervention. um, Aura Matthew, sorry, she changed her name. Good evening, everyone. I know some people are getting something to eat, but if we could just pause for a few minutes just to give the creator some thanks. Okay, let's all bow our heads as we say the Lord's Prayer. We'll say it together. Our Father. What? Hello? Our Father, heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As you forgive us, we trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Let us all take this information that we're going to get here tonight and make some good sense out of it. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Aura. Matthew. We, shall we, uh, Relax as Adelaide Paul sings the Dominica National Anthem. She's going to serenade you tonight. I'd like everybody to stand, stand at attention, in respect for our National Anthem. I love beauty, I love splendor, I'll too also sweet and fair. 
surely gaze in wonder at thy gifts so rich and rare. Rivers, valleys, hills and mountains, all these gifts we do extol. Healthy land so like all fountains, giving cheer that warms the soul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Adelaide Paul, for your excellent rendition of the national anthem. And uh, now for the welcome remark. Good evening, fellow Dominicans. My name is Jeffers Joseph, and I will be your moderator tonight in this unprecedented town hall format. On behalf of We Are Dominica, acronym WAD, I am delighted to invite you to this once-in-a-lifetime event. Let's give Ward a round of applause for an excellent job. We have a great night for, for you, ladies and gentlemen. Our keynote speaker will be the leader of the opposition, the Honorable Lennox Linton, among many other invited guests. They say lightning never strikes the same place twice. And although I'm not implying that the leader of the opposition is lightning, I'm not implying that, okay? It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have him tonight. Let's welcome his presence here in New York. We also thank our invited guests, and yes, our friends across party lines. Indeed, we welcome their presence as well. We thank you for coming and hope you will leave here feeling much more optimistic about the future of our beloved country than when you walked in. Tonight, my theme is Smile for Hope. That's my theme. Smile for hope. So everyone should be smiling, really. Okay? Tonight, there's a dark cloud that hangs over our country. There's a dark cloud. And every Dominican should be embarrassed about the state of affairs, especially as it relates to child sexual abuse and our democracy. As I look around, I can sense the look of mortification on your faces. I can assure you, however, that as this forum progresses, the sadness will gradually disappear. Our young, vulnerable boys and girls are being sexually abused, violated, enslaved, and prostituted unprotected by a rubber stamp judicial system and an inept law enforcement. 
We are therefore advocating for an amendment to the 1998 Sexual Offense Act in an effort to curb this national crisis. Additionally, we will explore the possible ways in which our existing laws relating to violence against women in general can be reformed. We also intend to aggressively pursue ways to bring about the long-promised electoral reform. Our democratic rights are being compromised by an unyielding PM who simply refuses to relinquish his ace in the hole, known as electoral reform, or no electoral reform, rather. No longer are we going to be disenfranchised by an uncleaned voters list, inflated with names which have exceeded the populace in recent elections. It is therefore incumbent upon all of us, all of us, to ensure that Roosevelt Skerritt does not get his wishes for the next election cycle. Tonight we are taking a giant step toward keeping the pressure on the Prime Minister to act and act swiftly. You are therefore invited to join in the discourse. We welcome your input. I can get an applause better than that, right, can't I? <laughs> I would now like to introduce the members of We Are Dominica, acronym WARD. Can we have them on the stage so they can identify themselves? They can put a face to the names, please. Please, WARD members, board members, members present, please. We Are Dominica, We Are Dominica, WARD members, please. To the stage, Cherry Pocket, Cherry Pocket. One of the brains of WAD. She wants to be absent. To my left, we have the president of WAD, Adelaide Paul. <laughs> to her left is the vice president of WAD, Marcel Volney. To her left, the one who didn't want to come, Sherry Packett. She is our public, public relations officer. Very important. She's the one you hear on Q95 and TDN and CNN. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to her left is um, Kendra Alexis. To Kendra's left is Dr. Dale Dangleben. Everyone knows him. No introduction. And to his left, last but by no means least, is Mr. Casey, Roy Casey. 
Give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, yours, yours truly, I'm the treasurer of the, the organization. Of course, there are other members, but they're not present tonight. Uh, the secretary is not present, and, uh, you know, quite a few others, but uh, just the ones who are here tonight. Give them a round of applause. So, Adlet Paul, who's on the stage, will now give you a brief overview of how, of a, a brief overview on WAD and how it started and the importance of extending WAD through extended members, new members, and membership uh, dues. So Adelaide Paul will give you a brief overview. Okay, good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, just to make a note, we have other members, very active members. Uh, we have a lot of members uh, outside of the New York area, some in um, Texas, uh, some in Atlanta, some in Virginia. So we are a very um, active group, even if everybody uh, could not make it tonight, but we are very busy trying to assist Dominica. So what? We are Dominica. I like to say what? It's so easy. How did what come about? Well, I think that um, what came about because of people just like you, all of us, our concern for our country, Dominica. No matter what side of the aisle we're from, we all care about Dominica and what is happening in Dominica. We all have interest in Dominica. If none of you had interest in Dominica, you would not be here tonight. And the same, we have interests. So during, I think, uh, the last elections, many of us got very active because we wanted to see some difference in governance. We wanted to see better governance, more accountable governance. After the elections uh, were, got, were done, uh, you know, like minds came together. Like minds came together. And um, we started communicating. And through that, a small organization was born. We came together and we really wanted to be a voice for Dominica. We didn't just want to be another organization where we have fundraisers and we send home monies and, you know, people expect us to send things down. We do that too. But in addition to doing that, we wanted to be more of an advocacy group. And, you know, like they say, everything in life happens for a reason. And our chance really came when the people of Salisbury, we felt, were very wrongfully persecuted. We came together as an organization and we decided to stand up. And many of you who are here tonight stood up with us. And as such, in August of 2015, we had a registered company with the state of New York, a not-for-profit organization called We Are Dominica Inc., simply known as WAD. We've been very active. Unfortunately for Dominica, uh, Tropical Storm Erica came around, caused a lot of destruction. And like every single Dominican, every single Dominican who loves Dominica so dearly, every Dominican who'd love to go back home someday 
and maybe retire or move back home to like tomorrow and be active in the development of Dominica, we got involved. We got involved we, um, through Dr. Dangleben. I know that many of you heard the whole um, container story with medical supplies. But we, um, together with Dale Dang um, Dr. Dale, Dale Dangleben, um, who was so touched by the disaster, he immediately got you know, everything moving, and members of WAD assisted him, got a, got a container of supplies all the way from Pennsylvania, drove down to New York, came together, packed it, and sent, sent it home. In addition to many, many of the members you saw here tonight who donated many items, you know, clothing, um, baby supplies, um, food, a lot of items. Um, we, are, we, are, we are also for that, but most importantly, we want to be a group that continues with the education of the people, diasporans, people in Dominica. We want to be active to assist Dominicans regain their independence. And how do we do that? We do it through education. So one of the projects that we undertook recently, uh, back in November, actually November, December, was a, we shipped a number of computers and computer equipment to uh, Grand Four, where they're about to open a resource center. Um, Dr. Thompson will be, Dr. Dr. Fountain will be uh, in charge of that particular, um, undergoing that particular project. And uh, we seek to help to educate Dominicans a bit more. Um, we have also, uh, we are, we've also engaged in other projects. We have plans to, 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 to be a part of other projects, other um, development projects. But besides just the projects that we want to be involved in, one of the things that we, we really want to do is we want to stand for, for transparency, good governance, responsible government. And how do we achieve that? As we can, as we can see, so many things are happening in Dominica, so many negative things. The, the, the worst one of all, which I call the worst one, is uh, the desecration of our children. When we have a generation of people who are gone, who are lost. That's it for Dominica. There is no more Dominica. And so, as an advocacy group, we um, took on the task of starting a petition, an online petition, asking for the government to amend the Sexual, the sexual Offenses Act, which was amended way back in 1998. And that has been something that I know NGOs in Dominica have been fighting for, uh, so many other people have been speaking about it. So we took on the task to try to see whether we could get the government to get that particular act to parliament. We got, so far we have about 900 signatures. We wrote an open letter to the government and the Speaker of the House. We sent it out on Tuesday, I think, of last week. And we have not gotten a response yet. With advocacy, we also will engage in other, other advocacy programs such as marches, protests when it's necessary. It's not wrong to protest. You protest for the right things. You march for the right things. And I think that one of the things we have to bring forth to Dominicans in Dominica is that we really want to give them a voice. We have different funds that we want to uh, 
pretty much grow. One of those funds we call the Justice Fund. And maybe many of you may, may know about it. And the Justice Fund is really for people whom we feel have been victimized by the system, ostracized by the system. They don't have legal re representation or they cannot afford legal representation. Just as the people of Salisbury right now, they don't have legal, they, it's, it's difficult. They can't afford the legal representation. Vescott Jones, many of you are familiar with him. And the, the stories go on and on and on. Just recently again, the Honorable Lennox Linton was in a situation, pretty much the same thing. We didn't do it for any party. We did it for somebody who stood up for Dominica. And we wanted to tell him that we stand with you. And there will be more people like the Honorable Lennox Linton who will stand up for Dominica or who have stood up for Dominica or who will stand up for Dominica in the future. And these people will be persecuted and they will be victimized. So what did we do with what? We set up a justice fund. So this justice fund will go towards helping with any kind of legal fees that these people have. We have we, we've studied a child, the, the child advocate um, fund. Many of these children need counseling. Many of them may need also legal representation. We can assist them in some way. We will do that. We have the education fund and projects fund. And these are things that we want to advocate because we want to tell the Dominican people, listen, we live here in the United States. Nobody gives you anything. We cannot go to the mayor and say, listen, can you pay my rent for me? Or can you pay my mortgage for me? Or can you pay my car payment for me? There are programs for, for that. Programs that help the people. Not programs, that, not programs that are there to make the people, make them, make them become so incapable of taking care of themselves that everything they do has to be dependent on the system. So when we get to that point where we can help Dominicans get to that place, whether it's undertaking projects where they can gain some independence, um, one of the projects we were talking about was buying, you know, like these types of equipment, um, the cutters and power washers, where they can, where young people can come in and rent those types of equipment so that they can, you know, have a job. Many people are unemployed. The unemployment rate is very high in Dominica. So I don't want to, sp I do not want to stay too long and, um, you know, say all those things, but I just want you to have an idea. <laughs> I want you to have an idea of why we are doing what we are doing and why we are so passionate about what we do. Like everything else, we are a solid group. We are a very active group. We are a not-for-profit organization. It is all voluntary all 100% voluntary. And as such, we are asking tonight, if you're interested in becoming a member of WAD, please feel free to do so. On the program that we give you, we, we handed out tonight, there is a, a, a sign-up sign up, um, form on there. If you are interested, you can fill out this form and hand it, in, hand it in to us. There is a membership, an annual membership due and your membership due will go towards these types of projects that we talk about.
We will have all the fundraising events. If you are a member, you will get discounted tickets for our fundraising event, upcoming fundraising events. Uh, we are thinking about doing a, a big black tie event later down in the year around the Christmas time, which of course we'll, be, we'll put out there. But these are the types of, of things that we want to do. Like everything else, um, we need monies, we need funds to operate. So these are ways that we can, you know, build the organization. We are a group. We need to grow. Yeah, Dominic, you guys, we are all Dominicans and we need to come together in whatever way, shape or form that we can do it. Um, we have these types of events. We, it, there's a lot of physical work involved. <laughs> there is a lot of emotional work involved. Um, but when you share the membership, when we know that we can reach out to members and say, oh, you know, we have, um, we, we need a member to probably go to Costco and pick up some, um, some cases of water for us. Whatever small tasks. They help. They really do help. We love Dominica, and we would like you. We, we are welcoming you into our organization. So feel free to fill out the form. You can meet any one of the members, as you saw on the stage here tonight, to, for any further information. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Let's give her another round of applause. Our next speaker, our next speaker, uh, he's a former educator at the St. Mary's Academy. And as passionate an activist as I've ever met. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podium, Mr. Zed Lloyd. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's been, well, let me first say thank you to Wyatt and let us give them a round of applause for, you know, trying to make this happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, it's been a troubling week for me, you know. I had to come introduce Lennox and I feel like there is much more to say than introduction tonight, you know. So, I just want to beg your patience for a little bit and just um, let me get some stuff off my chest tonight, please. I got to get some stuff off my chest tonight, otherwise it's going to stifle me up, you know? It's going to stifle me up. We were supposed to be here talking about electoral reform when this thing was being put together, you know? Then it got superseded by a whole bunch of madness at home with regards to all minors, you know? And so... We had to end up culminating these two things together and deal with this real picture at home. And, and, and so, how do you put these two things together? I'm going to try for a minute before I introduce Lennox. Uh, let me just say first of all that Lennox has been through some really trying time in Dominica. Some really trying time. I, I don't know how many people would hold on. I don't know how many people would stand it. Would, but my brother, I really commend you for standing up, for staying strong, for staying positive, for for walking that road. For walking that road. For walking that road. Uh, for walking that road. You know, uh, there's something about youth, you know, that ignites me, you know. I've always been about the youth, always been about young people, always been about educating them and making sure they walk that road, that path and they succeed and do what needs to be done. 
when these stories started coming out of Dominica about our miners and, and, this, and this madness, it really got to me. And it's starting to get to me tonight. I really got to work hard to not let it get to me. And um, then these videos started coming out on the web, you know, of these kids. And, and, and then adults, you know, parents, mothers, and fathers, you know, started justifying this madness. That got to me even more. I want to ask you as a parent tonight. I want to ask you as a parent and those who... If you take a kid, you know, young girl, 10 years old, you know, you, 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 she comes to your house, she comes to pick up money for her mother, you know, 10 years, 11 years, she's a kid. Instead of giving her money, you rape her, you know, you introduce her to sexuality. You buy her off, you keep paying, you know, the destitution that exists in the home. You, you keep plundering her and teaching her your nastiness as an elderly man, you know. And then, after you've had your share, what do you do? You turn on your brothers, your friends, to that same young girl. They add their repertoire to her portfolio of sexuality. Then the videos come, you know. So I ask you as elders, as adults, when the videos come, you know, what do you expect to see on that video? Do you expect to see innocence? Do you expect to see innocence? Or do you expect to see seasoned sexuality? And this is the kind of argument that adults, mothers and fathers are making in Dominica today. This is the kind of argument that adults, grown people are making with regards to kids in Dominica today. I tell you, um, Lennox, it's hard. It's hard. We, we have to do something about this. We have to do something about this. We, we, as, we as, as patriots in, in foreign land, you know, most times people figure we just talk and we just, you know, we gather and we just speak. But we do a lot more than talking. We do a lot more than talking. But this particular issue, this particular issue is an issue that really hits close to many of our hearts. Many of our hearts. Even much more than electoral reform, which I will come to in a minute. We got to talk about that too. And I really want you to, 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 to really take a positive stand, especially those on social media who, who see these things floating around, who see these comments and, and friends. Reach out to these people, you know? Even if it's not on, on that open Facebook line, but by private messaging, you know? Start reaching out and start sensitizing people to the reality of what is really going on and the, and, and the madness, the repercussions, the victims, the victims. Because all the conversations seems to be about justifying the criminals. And nothing is dealt with regards to the victims. So I ask you, as you interact with people, as you deal with the situation, remember, what I would like you to bring to light is the plight of the victims. The plight of these young women. We have a situation in Dominica where there is no economy. There is no, there is no surviving structure economically happening for most of Dominica's poor. And what this sets is a sort of breakfast table for pedophiles. What this sets is a sort of breakfast table for these men of power. A breakfast table. Where young women in positions of destitution, their mothers in positions of destitution, are at the mercy of this madness. People say everything is not government. Everything is government. Everything is government. 
People say everything is not politics. Everything is politics. Because if government can do the right thing and generate a proper economy in Dominica, less mothers will have to open their legs to do pop-up for their phone. Less mothers will have to open their legs to put bread on their children's table. Less mothers will have to open their legs to pay their electric bill. Less mothers will have to open their legs to ensure that their kids can have clothes on their backs. And the situation of the mothers is they're forced to do this thing in a sort of secretive manner. Dominica, nothing stays secret. Nothing stays secret. You do it tonight, your kids know in school tomorrow. So I ask these mothers, start talking to your kids. Start talking to your kids. Start telling them why you have to do these things for them. Start sensitizing them to the sacrifice that you make, sexually or otherwise. Have that conversation with them. Because it is by having that conversation with them that you can reinforce a strength within them to not go along that path. It is by having that conversation with them that you can, you can, you can build, you can build that reality that they can, they can come to you. They can come to you. They can come to you because it is the silence that causes this thing to build. It's the silence. We have social media, which is a great tool, and which is a tool that is actually saving that situation in Dominica. Advocate with them. Talk to them. But we really have to stop the silence on sexual predatory practice in Dominica. We really have to put an end to it. My brother Lennox, you're here tonight to address this issue of electoral reform. I, I, I have a, a sense of disagreement, and so I'm going to talk to you for a minute, my brother. Last year, we had an electoral process. We were out here. I lost friends. I lost, you know, build up enemies. I had my name splattered in the dust. Things about me I've never done, you know. And, you know, you never, you never thought people could turn into beasts overnight like that. Never know. And this thing was traumatic. It was, it was, it really was. I had to, seclude myself for a minute and I'm, I'm naturally seclusionary don't get me wrong but i had to seclude myself for a minute because i never thought people you have had as friends for all your lives good people you know could turn into greyhounds on you you know and and, and spot the such such you know ill truths and untruths and just because you decide to take a stand for your country you know i, I still haven't gotten over it i really still haven't gotten over it and today we come and we are trying to talk about electoral reform. I am convinced, my brother, that the political process in Dominica is not the way to move forward to eradicate this government. I'm convinced. Yeah, man, relax, my brother. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that this, this whole electoral reform process is something engineered by the government and by Tony Astafan to legitimize a different kind of exploitation of this political process. From what I've learned, the process that is being pushed is one that allows people to vote in foreign. The package is going to be simple. No, you don't get your tickets. No, you get your little money package together. You get your thing, you go and vote, and you put them people back in power. I have a serious problem with that, my brother. We're going to get burned again with this madness. We're going to get burned again with this madness. You have a parliament, there is no respect for the opposition. No respect. The speaker who doesn't understand, doesn't walk in the walk of, say, Mary Davis, or, you know, people of integrity that showed us what speakers are supposed to be. You have no respect in parliament. So I ask you, as opposition leader and Thompson and his brothers tonight, what is the purpose of being in parliament? 
What is the purpose of being in parliament? Because the only thing I see parliament does right now is legitimize garbage. The only thing I see that House of Parliament allows is the legitimization of this corrupt governor, of this corrupt governance. I do not see it benefiting the opposition. I do not see it benefiting Dominique at large. Tonight, I hope you can convince me otherwise, my brother. But me personally, from where I stand, I really think Dominica right now, we have to disengage from this political process. We have to begin a process of delegitimizing this government. This is not governance. This is a bunch of hoodlums that has taken over Dominica in a highway robbery mission. A highway robbery mission. And so to engage them parliamentarily is not to our advantage, it is to theirs. It is to theirs. I personally believe that it is time for a peaceful, social, revolutionary movement in Dominica. Something that goes beyond political parties, beyond the United Workers Party, beyond the Freedom Party. A national movement. A national movement because the political process is dividing this thing and exploiting it. It's exploiting it. It cannot work. It cannot work. So I ask of you in the United Workers Party tonight, my brother, that you really sit down with your team and really start engaging in that conversation of beginning a movement away from that political process to a much broader consensus, a much broader approach involving much broader than party towards solving this problem in Dominica. Removing this government by social disorder is much easier than a political process much easier as difficult as it seems we always think everything is money is money but it's not money it's conviction 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 you hear me and these brothers down there is a bunch of punks mentally you saw he exploded in st joseph not too long ago we started the process when you have somebody who's mentally weak mentally weak who's instinctive predatory derogatory you know vindictive it tells you they're weak mentally. They're weak mentally. This government is not that difficult a government to remove by social disorder. As, 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 as hard as they appear to be, they are not that difficult to be removed. They have no backbone. There's no political philosophy. No sense of, there's nothing like that. We just need to do this thing. And so tonight, as you come to discuss this idea of political reform, I really want you, my brother, I'm ready. I'm ready to be, your, to be your sidekick. I'm telling you, I'm ready to light that fire if you want to light that fire. I'm ready in person. Hell with the consequences. I'm convinced that the way moving forward is a national movement aimed at a peaceful revolution in Dominica. Peace and blessings, my brother. I give to you the leader of the opposition, Mr. Lennox Linton. One love. So we are in Brooklyn at the Holy Family Church, and there is an event taking place by the We Are Dominican Group. The featured speaker is Mr. Lennox Linton, the parliamentary representative of the opposition for Dominica, and he's making his way to the podium right now to address, he's making his way to address the people, and we go back to the podium in a minute to, um, we go back to the podium, that's it, to, um, Listen to Mr. Lennox Linton. Let's go to I know we can do better than that. Listen to his future address by Mr. Lennox Linton. So bring this man up here. 
love you too. Good evening, my brothers and sisters from near and far. Thank you for journeying to this location this evening to be with us. I want to thank the members of We Are Dominica for organizing this. And I want to thank you in a special way for giving up your Saturday evening to be here with us to talk about our Dominica. We are Dominica. It's not more mine than yours. It's not more yours than mine. It belongs to all of us. And I always welcome the privilege to spend time with our brothers and sisters living in foreign countries. And who though they have left our shores and have made their lives here and elsewhere, live every day with love in their hearts for their little piece of rock called Dominica. Live with a yearning to see a better Dominica and live thinking of how they can help to make us the best, to make our Isle of Beauty or Isle of Splendor the best place to live, the best place to work, and the best place to enjoy life. And so I thank you tonight for coming. I thank you very much for your support of Dominica. We were battered by Hurricane Erica, Tropical Storm Erica, back in August of last year. Six months have gone by, but we have not forgotten the wonderful support that Dominicans at home received from their brothers and sisters here in the United States of America. And I'm happy to be here tonight to thank you personally for that. I'm happy to be here tonight to thank you for standing with the persecuted people of Salisbury, who only, who only wanted better farm access roads and who protested for those better farm access roads that they have not been seeing for 16 years. And the response of the government was to tear gas them with illegal tear gas and to intimidate them and to drag them before the court. But they're standing because they are resilient people and they appreciate your support. I have the authority to thank you very sincerely for standing with them tonight. Two thousand and sixteen represents the Silver Jubilee anniversary of economic citizenship in Dominica. In August of this year, we will celebrate twenty five years of economic citizenship, which began in ninety one with a promise that we were going to get a five star hotel. At Lyon. It began with a promise that our passports would be put in the hands of people from the Pacific Rim who would give us money that would go into an escrow account and would build a hotel which would employ people 
which would earn us foreign exchange, which would give us exposure of our product, our brand in the international tourism market. The money was collected. The millions were collected. The hotel was never completed. And the fraudulent concrete stands today, 25 years later, as a blight on the landscape of Dominica. And when I spoke about it, and I spoke about the injustice to the people of Dominica, we're under the economic citizenship program we were having citizens, but no economic impact. And when I spoke about the disappearance of our millions at Layu, and I asked questions of those who were responsible, I ended up with a lawsuit that found its way all the way to the Privy Council, where the decision went against me. And huge costs came with that. And the people of Dominica decided, you were speaking for us. You were standing for us. And so this cost belongs not to you, but to us. And so they've been paying those costs. Up till now, 60,000 US dollars collected from the people of Dominica at home and abroad. Of that $60,000, 35% of it, somewhere in the region of $21,000 has come from our brothers and sisters in the diaspora. People like you. who went to Western Union, who went to MoneyGram, who sent it to your friends. And because of you, we have met our legal obligations under that lawsuit to date. And I want to thank you personally tonight for that. I want to thank you for your outrage at what is happening with our children in Dominica. Thank God you live here in America and you know what steps America takes, what legislative initiative it takes and updates on a regular basis to ensure that its children are safe. I want to thank you as well for your outrage over what is happening with the electoral system in Dominica and plans for reform. My brother Zed, I hear your passion. I note your questions. Tonight is not the time to answer them, but I will note them. Because at the end of the day, in these democracies that we live in, the people will decide how the people resolve the issues that confront them, especially the issues of governance. But Dominica has some very serious issues to resolve. This business of letting go the diplomatic passports of Dominica to all sorts of crooks and criminals around the world is a matter that Dominica must resolve because the sitting government is not going to resolve it. Thank you.
The sitting government is a huge beneficiary of the sale of diplomatic passports and diplomatic immunity to the likes of Alison Madweki of Nigeria, the ex-Nigerian Oil Resources Minister, who it is claimed pocketed significant sums of Nigeria's money, and Francesco Corallo, the Italian mafia gentleman who was on Interpol's most wanted list of criminals when he had our diplomatic passport and was gearing himself up to enjoy diplomatic immunity as the envoy for Dominica at the Food and Agriculture Organization in Rome. And the list goes on and on. Dawood Ibrahim is said to have a Dominican passport issued to him under the Dominica Economic Citizenship Program. You have bandits like Timothy Cornwall and uh, Debo Singe, the ex-Nazi war criminal, a whole group of unsavory characters that this government has sought out, found, taken money from, and given them our Dominica diplomatic passport, thereby endangering global security at a time when Countries around the world are passionate about fighting money laundering and fighting terrorism and fighting the international drug trade. You have a country enabling bandits to move with immunity across borders in 2016. But that's our country and that's our government. And we, the people, have to do something about it. So yes, Zed, I hear you. And I note what you're saying. It cannot be business as usual. It will not be business as usual. But the nature of that not business as usual, we must decide what it's going to be. As we seek to put Dominica first and do what is right by Dominica. And so I'm very happy to be with you tonight. We're going to spend some time talking about the necessity for electoral reform. We're going to spend some time talking to you about the child abuse uh, situation in Dominica and uh, what can be done. So, thank you very much. Those were just my opening remarks. But there's a lot more to be said. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much, Mr. Linton, or Honorable Lennox Linton. We appreciate that. Give him another round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. At this time, we commence our interview with uh, Sherry Packett and the Honorable Lennox Linton on the subject of uh, electoral reform. Thank you, Jeffers. And thank you to everyone who's here tonight. This is quite an honor because we do not always have the privilege of having someone as knowledgeable and as involved in the struggle for the progress of Dominica as the Honorable Lennox Linton. So again, let's thank him for being here. And just to frame the format for tonight, I will pose some questions to Mr. Linton, but as we have our conversation, and, and as he answers the questions, I want you all to also start thinking and start formulating your own questions, because the purpose of this evening is really to learn. We have to really understand the issues, understand how they've gotten this way, 
and what are the solutions that we can possibly undertake as citizens. Because at the end of the day, we live in a democracy, we're trying to uphold what's left of our democracy in Dominica, and political parties will change, individual leaders will change. But as citizens, we have to understand the issues that really cause either pain in our society or progress. And right now, as you all should know, Dominica is not at the forefront of the Caribbean or the region at large. We have many issues. Tonight, we'll explore two of them. And I, again, want you to think of your own questions. So at the time that we conclude, we can pose, uh, we can share the mic with you and you can pose your own questions to Mr. Linton and to the members of WAD. Thank you again, Mr. Linton. And I guess we'll begin. So, my first question um, really is to understand the issue of electoral reform. If you can give us a brief summary of how did we get to this point? When did things take a turn for the worse? And if you can maybe just give a few details as to what's really causing some of the challenges we have in our electoral process in Dominica today. Thank you, Cherry. The electoral reform matter in Dominica is pretty serious. The Constitution of Dominica provides for an electoral commission that will look after the affairs of elections in Dominica. And you know, elections are critical to any civilized democracy. This is how we choose who governs the country, who makes decisions for the growth and development of the country over a period of five years. So we're looking at the backbone of the democracy in Dominica. And it's important, therefore, that the system used to arrive at who will be in government is clear, it's transparent, it's above board, and it is handled with honesty and integrity. So, first of all, the laws provide the, the ground rules for elections in Dominica. And you have the House of Assembly Elections Act, and you have the Registration of Electors Act, which basically govern elections in Dominica, or, or set the framework for the elections in Dominica. What we have seen over the years is the law provides for the qualification of people to vote. The law provides for how you can get registered to vote. The law provides for how you vote and those things, how the votes are counted, who wins, etc. But that list of qualified electors, that list of people qualified to vote in the election, which is critical, has been bloated, has been contaminated for quite some time. To the point where you have a country with 72,000 people on record, but you have more than 72,000 people who are registered to vote. And that was the case in 2014. Remember, you must be 18 before you are able to qualify to vote. So we have a whole number of people under 18 in the population of 70-something thousand, but yet we have 70-something thousand people eligible to vote. The problem there is, over the years, we have not been cleaning the list. We have not been deleting the names of dead people. We have not been deleting the names of people who have been living overseas for more than five years. And so 
the numbers have continued to add up as we register more people to vote in Dominica. So one of the critical elements of reform is the cleaning of the voters list. Getting the numbers right so in fact only those who are eligible to vote are making the decision on who should be in the government. That's one thing. The other thing is knowing who is coming to vote. We are voting and continue to vote in Dominica as of the last election without ID cards, without identification. So anybody can come and say he or she is Lennox Linton and they want to vote. The name Lennox Linton is on the list. That person can vote even though the person feels that they're not Lennox Linton. Once the individual is prepared to swear to an oath that he or she is Lennox Linton, they'll be given a ballot and be allowed to vote. It can be challenged later, but later never comes. So you have the potential for fraud, which the observers to elections in Dominica have commented on from time to time and made recommendations that we need to be voting with ID cards and we need to have a clean list. So those are, are two critical components in the reform that we're talking about. But the reform that we're talking about must also include access to media. We have a situation in Dominica where the ruling party totally dominates the airwaves, the airtime on the national station during election time, on the television during election time, and even in cases where the opposition is prepared to pay money for the airtime, that access is not available. So we say at this time, thank God for Q95, because it's the only station that is available to us for the voice, the programs, the policies of the opposition party to be known in Dominica. And so the question of equal access to media in Dominica has to be part of the election, the electoral reform agenda. Another aspect of the reform must include election campaign financing. You live in America. You had presidential and congressional elections in 2012. And I saw a figure reported on the SEC site that said all the parties combined spent $7 billion on the election. But 129 million people voted in that election, meaning all parties spent 54 US dollars per voter on the elections of 2012 in the United States. In 2014, Roosevelt Skerritt's Dominica Labor Party alone spent 262 US dollars per voter on the election in Dominica. I ask you to consider carefully where we are going with that. Because the whole point of this is to place elections out of the reach 
of legitimate political parties going about their business in a normal, honest way and not relying on monies that nobody knows where it comes from or nobody understands. But the election campaigns of the Dominica Labour Party are being financed by the proceeds of the sale of Dominican passports. That's where the money is coming from. The agents are set up to make their contributions in a certain way. And the monies, the 30 million EC dollars that was spent in the election of 2014 by the Dominican Labour Party in Roosevelt's Garrett came straight out of the economic citizenship passport selling program of Dominica. So, the passports belong to the people of Dominica, not to a political party. The question is, what are the people at home and abroad going to do with that? Because this is not sustainable. It cannot be allowed to continue. So, we would like to see election campaign finance reform that restricts spending at election time to no more than 25 EC dollars per voter in Dominica. 262 US dollars per voter is absolutely outrageous. It is corrupt and it must stop. Do you see any political party in the United States paying airfares for citizens living abroad to come back to America to vote? Huh? Nope. It doesn't happen here. Nope. But it is happening with impunity in Dominica just so that one man and his party who have failed Dominica for 16 years can continue to do just what they've been doing. Thank you, Lennox. I hope everyone's thinking. I hope everyone's taking notes, mental notes, physical notes. Um, before we continue, we're going to up the pressure up a little bit, even though I know he's ready for it. We have um, a slight switch in interviewer. We have the esteemed Rebecca Theodore here with us tonight, who will continue the interview with Mr. Linton. Okay, just... Just before I um, usher in uh, Rebecca Theodore, let me just advise you guys that uh, we are on live stream on uh, TDN Caribbean radio, okay? So just let you know, so pick your colors and put a smile on, right? Where's the smile? Smile for hope. Nobody's smiling. Okay. Our next speaker is a journalist, a syndicated columnist, a public speaker, and the author of an upcoming novel titled Escape Artist. Her work has been featured in publications such as Caribbean News Now, LA Times, and the Chicago Tribune. She resides in Washington. However, she has made her way here on short notice to participate in the conversation. That deserves much commendation. 
You just did, but do it again. Put your hands together for Rebecca Theodore. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Joseph. Um, presently, I'm developing a kind of New York um, atmosphere. It's like I'm trying to be a New Yorker and I'm trying to believe in DC. I'm living between two states and it's like, I have to cut to suit, you know. So I just jumped into the cab in Manhattan and I said, take me to Brooklyn. <laughs> so we are in Brooklyn. I don't know, just let's go. <laughs> anyway, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to see my fellow Dominicans and I love you. Okay. Um, as you know, we cannot do it alone. We have to unite. Now is the time we have to unite as a people. We have to make our voice be heard. And I'm very happy to meet with my Prime Minister um, here. <laughs> um, on the question of electoral reform, I have written extensively about it. I have brought it to international uh, media, want to make them to pay attention to what is happening in my homeland. And apparently, um, some people are listening. Um, Mr. Linton, um, you are familiar with um, the reforms in the neighboring islands. Um, we know in St. Kitts, Parliament is looking into enacting the term limits for elected officials. Um, would our reform, the one that we are seeking right now, take us in the opposite direction, ensuing the likelihood of the country becoming a parliamentary dictatorship? Thank you. Well, the St. Kitts government, the, the party that won the elections recently there, has insisted on moving ahead with term limits on the leadership so that no individual will occupy the office of prime minister for more than two consecutive terms. We are, as the United Workers Party, have proposed that in Dominica as well for a number of years, and we're insisting on that as well. When we come to government, one of the first things that will be done is that we will, we will push through term limits in legislation to ensure that no individual can sit in the office of prime minister for more than two terms. It, it, it does not make, you see, here in America, nobody serves as president for more than two consecutive terms, all right? And it, it, it speaks to a very important issue in our life and times about continuity and wisdom not residing in a single head and there being other talent around you that can help to drive the process going forward. And so when you've had a term, two terms, it's time for somebody else to take the reins and to move forward. So, so the, the ruling party in St. Kitts is moving in that direction. In Dominica, that is what we would like to see. That, that is what we have proposed and will do when we get into office. We would hope that the government, the, the current government, does it before we get there. Very good. <laughs> um, what Mr. Linton just said weighs in very heavily. Here in America, have elections every four years, which means that that's what a democracy, a democracy is all about, the voice of the people. We cannot have a dictatorship. It's important that people go to the polls, 
decide the leader they want and choose the leader that they would want to lead them. Mr. Linton, you are also a trained journalist, and I love that very much. Um, what steps do you intend to take, first as a journalist, second as a minister of government, to appeal to international bodies, such as the Carter Center, the US State Department, the United Nations, to let people know, let the, the powers that be know that the democratic process in Dominica is in trouble? Well, that's a, that's a very good question coming from a journalist. You, you heard her credentials just now. You heard a, a little bit of her resume. And so she would know and I'm sure appreciate that from the journalist, from the journalism perspective, I have an interest in educating people because I believe that the people who know better do better. So don't assume that people know what is wrong. Spend the time to ensure that they know and understand what is going on. And on the question of reform, the next few months for me are going to be about talking with the people of Dominique at home and abroad about what has been proposed by the ruling party, but side by side with our objections to that, what are we putting forward instead? Because, for example... On this question of the registration of voters and so on, the, this government is proposing that registrations can be done, should be done anywhere in the world. We're saying we must register people to vote in the country where they are going to vote. So if you want to re-register because your registration has expired, then take a trip to Dominica, the land of your birth, and go through the process and re-register. Don't expect the machinery in Dominica to come looking for you everywhere Dominicans are around the world to register you. Take a trip and come home and get registered if you have an interest in voting in the elections in the land of your birth. And then in the question of ID cards, we want to ensure that people are voting with identification. It cannot be that anybody can show up and say, I am X or Y, and then be allowed to vote. So we have these issues that have to be resolved. The government is saying, we recognize the provisions against treating, um, paying expenses for people in order to influence them to vote for you. The law recognizes that as being corrupt and as practices that should not be engaged in, the government through the reforms it's proposing is now seeking to legitimize paying huge sums of money for entertainment of people to influence them to vote. And when I say heavy expenses, I'm talking about bringing in Donnie McClurkin to Dominica during an election campaign for 95,000 US dollars a night plus his expenses of travel to do what? To influence people to vote for a party. Those are the kinds of expenses that we have to outlaw in our elections in Dominica because those kinds of expenses will put elections out of the reach of honest, legitimate political parties operating with the monies of their contributors. 
And of course, the proposal to have that, the proposal to legitimize those kinds of expenses now are on the table. And we're saying you cannot consider that, especially since you're not talking about election campaign finance reform. You're not talking about restricting spending to a reasonable amount of money per voter. And this business of paying for the expenses of Dominicans living overseas to come to Dominica to vote, that in our day and age is totally unnecessary because we can vote online. We can vote by absentee ballot. And if the government of Dominica is so interested in the participation of our brothers and sisters overseas in the voting process, then they will use the available modern technology for facilitating that exercise and allow our Dominicans overseas who are eligible to vote, who are qualified to vote, to do so from where they are. Because it's from where they are they're participating with us. They're participating with us by sending their barrels and sending their Western Union transfers and so on from Brooklyn, from New York, from New Jersey, from Connecticut, from Washington, D.C. And so there should be no problem why modern technology could not be engaged to ensure that they vote where they are online in an orderly and legit process. And that would cancel out the advantage that the sitting government buys with the passport money of Dominica of paying for airfares and paying for accommodation and paying for pudding for people just to come down to vote. It doesn't happen in elsewhere in the civilized world, but we want to make it legitimate and lawful in Dominica, and that is not right, and the people of Dominica must deal with it. Thank you. Now, let's turn our attention to the Sexual Offenses Act. Um, until recently, there are many episodes of sexual abuse of minors, blatant disregard for the rule of law, disrespect for the democratic process. Everybody in Dominica is now silent. They fear they are losing their jobs if they speak out. They choose to endure a bitter form of victimization instead of, st instead of standing up and speak. Even the moral fibers of families are being destroyed because parents, the people who are supposed to be our guardians, they are settling for harsh money to keep businessmen and perpetrators from facing the force of the law. Mr. Linton, why is there a need to amend the Sexual Offenses Act? Rebecca, there is a need to go to the parliament urgently and amend the legislation because we have laws for the peace, for the order, for the good governance, progress and development of those societies. The laws to remain relevant and to remain effective must be updated on a regular basis. This law has not been touched. It has remained undisturbed since 1998. That is 18 years ago, and that is after more than 16 years of the Labour Party in government since 2000, 
it has brought no amendments at all to improve the effectiveness of the Sexual Offenses Act, especially insofar as minors are concerned. Our children, we, we say rhetorically, are the future. They're the now. How we deal with them, how we nurture them, how we educate them, how we grow them up in lives of love, happiness, and understanding is critical to us as a nation. We cannot claim to be a civilized society in 2016 and not be paying close attention to how we nurture children, how we care for them, how we ensure that we bring them up in the spirit of peace, the spirit of love, the spirit of tolerance, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of togetherness. So, understand that when we're talking about the violation of our children, and we're talking about laws that can act as deterrents to adults abusing children, and laws that can set the stage for swift justice where those rights of children have been abused, we cannot have legislation that is sitting undisturbed for 16 years while there is such a great disturbance in the state of protection for the rights of children. You know, 16 years ago, we did not have a smartphone or a camera phone in the world community. The revolution began in 2002, and with that has come a significant amount of enabling factors for adults to abuse our young children sexually. Understand that a government can't be serious if in the face of those major developments, the upsurge of those major enablers that allow adults to find new ways and more creative ways of abusing our children and getting away with them, that the law remains silent. And the legislators, those responsible for the legislative agenda in parliament, do nothing about amendments. We have gone to the Parliament of Dominique in emergency sessions to pass a banking bill harmonized throughout the Eastern Caribbean. We have gone in emergency session to pass an Eastern Caribbean Asset Management Corporation, giving the banking system free, free, or the, the, the government, government with the banking system free reigns on the assets of poor people. We have gone to Parliament quickly to give 15 acres of land from the National Parks in Dominica to the Kempinski Hotel Development Project of Range with our passport money. We have gone to Parliament to do a host of things, but nowhere in the last 16 years have we found it possible to come back and say, this Sexual Offenses Act needs amendment, especially for more effective protection of the children. We need to amend the law because it's simply outdated. Thank you. Okay, so we've all been listening to the news. As, as for me, I pay very, very keen attention to what is happening in my homeland. 
And when I cannot take it anymore, I strike back with the power of the pen. Um, Mr. Linton, do you think recent changes against a member of parliament and businessman that took place in Dominica recently will help to expedite improvements in the social services ministry this year, or will it make it worse? I hope it does. This recent episode in our evolution in Dominica, our development as a civilized society in Dominica, is very painful. It's also very shameful. It's disgraceful. Nobody should be proud of it. But I want you tonight to recognize that we are at an important juncture in this fight. Because this fight against the abuse of our children requires people who are going to step up to the plate. It requires abused children to talk about what has happened to them. It requires them to report what has happened to them and to be able to do so in an environment where they're not intimidated. And it requires parents to stand by them because too often in the past we've seen reports emerge and somewhere in the back alley behind the house somewhere somebody brings the hush money and the parent says okay let it go away what we've been following in the past couple of weeks is a very interesting situation where the mother has decided that she is going to stand for the integrity of her child she is going to stand behind the complaints of her child and no amount of hush money is going to deter her for standing up for her child. This is a family now, a single parent family, that needs the consideration and the support of the wider community because of the important work that they have begun and hopefully will compete for Dominica. Because with this, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that you will see many more young children courageous enough to stand and say what has happened to them at the hands of adults. And hopefully you will see a system in which these families are not going to be intimidated away from pursuing the matter and the court system is not going to take forever and ever, amen, to prosecute the matter so that the longer it waits, the more the temptation is to let it go away. They must be dealt with speedily. We have over a thousand cases before the director of public prosecutions are waiting to go to court. And nothing is happening. So you ask yourself, when young children report what has happened to them in an environment where you have no family court in Dominica, so that they can feel more comfortable telling their stories in an atmosphere that is not intimidatory to them, that doesn't scare them off, that doesn't frighten them away from speaking truth where their experience of abuse was concerned. If you have that more conducive environment, which I hope is what is beginning to emerge now, then you will see, you will hear a lot more reports, but those reports will be dealt with, justice will be swift, 
and we will come a long way towards getting closer to a resolution of the scourge. Because it is, it is a scourge. And something that should continue to shame us until we have the courage to fix it. It is not right. It is not right. And tonight, I ask you to stand with that family in Dominica that continues to hold the torch and stand with the teenager, the underage child who was abused and has reported the abuse. And to ensure that this matter comes to conclusion, we heard last week about the leaking of the information, the statement that the young lady made to the police, the leaking of that statement so that it went viral across social media platforms. Most people in Dominica know about it. And then coming out of that, the concern as to whether lawyers for the accused will make an argument about kicking out the case because of jury bias and prejudice. We had to be careful of this. I only want to remind the people of Dominica tonight that Dominica is part of the jurisdiction of the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court that operates on many other countries in the Caribbean. And so, while we may have an issue in Dominica, arguably, there must, it must be possible to find jurors from elsewhere in the same jurisdiction to sit on this matter. Or alternatively, to take the entire case and move it to another country in the jurisdiction of the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court. That is how we will protect our children. We are not going to protect children in Dominica by creating all these circumstances where their cases of merit can be tossed on legal technicality and fancy legal footwork. That's not how we protect children. And just, uh, I was advised today, right here in the United States of America, that the portable document file, the PDF file, with the statement of the child, that was circulated via WhatsApp and other social media platforms in recent times. That particular PDF file was created at 5.15 a.m. on the morning of the 1st of March 2016 on a Xerox network scanner. That is information for the police in Dominica. They can talk to me about it if they so desire. But this is not rocket science. It is not rocket science to determine who is responsible for the leak. I've just told you when it happened, when the file that is making the rounds, the properties of the file tell you where it comes from. It was created at 5.15 a.m. 
morning of the 1st of March, 2016, on a Xerox network scanner. Tell them to talk to Lennox Linton about that now. <laughs> I love that. Okay, our last and final question on the subject of sexual offenses. Um, Mr. Linton, many individuals and groups have been calling for reform for years, but yet still there is a delay in the process. What needs to be done to speed up the process? <laughs> Thank you very much. And for, and for our listeners, uh, via TDN and other, other media who didn't hear the, the, the response to Rebecca's question, uh, the response was change the government. Change the government. Because this is the reason for the delay. The reason for the delay in putting these reforms in place and in bringing to parliament the amendments to the 1998 Sexual Offenses Act are the direct result of the lack of interest of the government in these matters. Fortunately, I'm told that some work is going on right now, so it should not be too long before we go to the parliament. Some people in the government system have been working on the reforms. They have accepted, they have taken on board recommendations from different agencies in, in the business of child care. And, uh, I understand that the amendments are in the process of being completed and will come to the parliament very soon. I hope that when the time comes, which should not be too long now, the government will do as it did for the Banking Act and as it did for other pieces of legislation, call an emergency session of the parliament. As soon as they, the draft, the drafts people are ready, call an emergency session of the parliament and let's go and get the people's work done. They have been waiting for too long. So we've heard Mr. Linton. We've heard our prime minister. And as uh, somebody just said, we need to start working. We have to change the government. We need to come together. We need to start speaking. We need to unite as a people. We need to join hands together to reclaim our homeland. I refer back now to Master Controls. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, the Honorable Lennox Linton and uh, Rebecca Theodor. Um, how did you guys enjoy the uh, conversation? How did you enjoy the interview? Give them a round of applause. It was very, it, wasn't it riveting? It was exciting, right? Informative? Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was an excellent uh, engagement there. We really appreciate it. Great job. Um, I wrote a, a piece in Caribbean News Now after the, the incident of the 14-year-old kid who was taken advantage of. She was uh, exploited. She was prostituted. She was, you know, you know the rest of it. And um, I did say in my, post, in my piece that I didn't expect any justice at all. And uh, I'm not surprised at the latest development in the case. It was going to be a miscarriage of justice as usual. 
I didn't expect anything else. And this thing they, that they call a judicial review is going to, that means that they're going to filibuster it and it's going to be eventually evaporate into thin air. Nothing is going to be uh, uh, resolved from that. All right? Um, on the question of electoral reform, my take is that we should have plan B because this guy called Roosevelt Scarrett, I, I don't think we can bank on his words, okay? We need to have a plan B. I am not trusting this guy. We will never get re electoral reform. I may be uh, uh, skeptical. I may be, uh, I may be um, cynical. I may be skeptical, but guys, I'm not trusting this guy. All right? Thanks a lot, guys. Excellent interview. One more switch before we close tonight, and I would like to put Mr. Linton on the hot seat. You guys like the hot seat in the morning, my favorite show. <laughs> I'd like to put Mr. Linton on the hot seat for a second and call him up to the podium, um, and we're going to have audience question and answer. So get your questions ready. I'll be coming through the yeah, audience, yeah, and yeah, he'll respond yeah. here. I actually have yeah. um, one yeah. question yeah. from none other than Shirley Allen. Who's uh, very well known yeah. now around the world? Yeah. He's locked in listening. And uh, Mr. Linton, this question is uh, starts with a statement actually. It says that children cannot report sexual molestation by family members and continue to live in the same home. What plans do you have to create a safe haven for molested kids? Will you harmonize the child molestation laws with international law? We will most definitely, and we're hoping that this is what is being done. There, there's a group currently at work on drafting the revisions to the 1998 Sexual Offenses Act. We hope that harmonization with international law on child abuse prevention is exactly what is being considered and what will come before us in the parliament. So to, to Shirley Allen's point, yes, definitely. We need safe haven for these young children, and uh, our administration will provide it, because we cannot, we cannot continue to talk about protection of children and the rights of children and sit back and do nothing about the, the infrastructure, the systems, the procedures needed to deal with that um, on, in, in an effective way going forward. Yes, someone, someone at the back of the room. Here? Yes. Whoa, this mic is loud. Yeah, Lennox, as a Marigot man, I say greetings <laughs> to you, brother. Greetings, greetings. Brother, your journey, your task is an awesome one. But you look fit, you look strong. Stay strong, brother. Let me ask you a question on the, on the um, electoral reform. There are a number of international people holding Dominica citizenship through the invest the, the, the program they got running. Are those people going to be allowed to cast their votes? Are they going to call or, or let me say it again? Maybe I had drafted but I forget it. Let me ask, let me say it. Those people in the UAE and all elsewhere, 
that hold the, the, the Dominica citizenship, do they have the same rights as me as a Dominican that bred and born in Marigot? Tell me. My understanding is that they're citizens of the Commonwealth of Dominica and they're entitled to vote once they are registered to vote. Okay. Are we Dominicans going to allow that, that guys from overseas, they have their country, they have their second home, they can come down to Dominica, vote and go back and go back in the UAE and leave us in Dominica with Roosevelt Skerritt, Reggie Ostry, and Tony Astafan? Well, you, you're talking some real issues, my brother, but you are, you are also laying out for this audience here tonight and our audience uh, back home in Dominica and around the United States and England and Canada as well, what the issues are. What is before Dominica for resolution? Because as it stands right now, my understanding is these citizens, these economic citizens of Dominica can vote in our elections once they are appropriately registered and they have met the, the criteria or the, they followed the procedure in law for registration. Then so obviously, you obviously don't like that, but I wonder how many other people in the room tonight share your outrage that that is a possibility or that can happen. Show of hands. Show, show of hands. Make some noise. Let me hear. Yeah! All right. <laughs> okay, Lennox. Yes. My second question. Have you and your party come up, not on mouth, but on paper, with a list of electoral reform that you want to see implemented? Yes. Yes. And have you submitted it to the electoral committee? Not yet. Well, you got to do that quick. <laughs> you got to do that quick. Because I hear my brother down in Dominica saying something. You guys didn't give him nothing so he can go ahead and pass well, that. Well, you see, we, we do things a little differently. We will submit... And let me say, over the years, we have participated in uh, discussions with the Electoral Commission. They know exactly what our views are on ID cards, on cleaning of the voters' list. They know what, exactly what our views are on this question of access to media. They know exactly what our views are on the question of campaign finance reform. However, we have no issue with making and revising our proposals and we will do that again. But we're on a program of education right now where we're also getting feedback from the people of Dominica and we're hearing the feedback from audiences like this tonight out in the diaspora. At the completion of that exercise, a couple months down the road, we will again make proposals on the electoral reform because it's all well and good for us to think what we want as the members and the leadership of a political party. It's also good for, for the people that we're seeking to represent to know what's in our head and for us to know what's in their heads as well so that we, our position can be informed by theirs. 
I have a comment, not a question. In 1979, we had a serious state of affairs in Dominica. I want to remind Dominicans, it can happen again. We live in different times, right? And we live in desperate times. And Charles Savre and Skerritt must not be fooled into believing that every time the people plan a demonstration and they threaten the police is going to come out. The people back down, right? I want to also caution the police. If anybody have a right to talk to the police, I think I have a right because I had a brother who died in service of his country, right? I want to caution the police that they must respect Dominicans' right to protest and to demonstrate peacefully. That type of intimidation and bullying will not work. You have families. I lost my brother in service of his country. I felt it, right? But I also expect if I decide to go home and demonstrate peacefully that the police will respect me, right? And that kind of threatening and bullying tactic can look. Roosevelt's credit must realize that it's about time. Dominicans need to be respected again, right? We, we are proud people and we will not allow one man to determine what cause our nation take. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night, Mr. Linton. Good night. My name is Rita Wilshere, and I'm from Marigot, Dominica. <laughs> I had to be here tonight because my 10-year-old son said to me, Thank Mommy, you. Mr. Lennox Linton is going to be in New York. It's the last stop on the L train. So I had to come here and represent <laughs> him. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yes. Good to see um, you. <laughs> Yes, I would like to know, not if you become the Prime Minister, but when you become the Prime Minister, how do you intend to handle the situation that is presently bombarding the Public Works Corporation? And is it of any interest to you? Thank you. Just a little, just a little background there. Eh? You remember Public Works Corporation from your days in Dominica. It was uh, an arm of the government. It was a department of the government. And then sometime in the early part of the decade, beginning 2000, when we were under structural adjustment as informed by the International Monetary Fund, the government was getting rid of, of certain departments in an effort to reduce the headcount in the public service. And so the public works department got hived off into a statutory corporation so that those employees no longer count as government employees. But the responsibility for public works remained with the Minister of Public Works. And so the Minister of Public Works continued to call the shots. What has happened to public works over the years is really disgraceful. The government has systematically, systematically moved work that public works would normally be doing for the state of Dominica into the hands of the friends of ministers so that they can make their money while public work suffers. And I was hearing talk one time about public works going into the private sector and looking for work. But the private sector companies were taking all the work that public works has to do for the nation. When we get to office, we'll fix that. Because you know what? Tropical Storm Erica came at a time 
when we were quarreling, when the government was quarreling with public works, that it didn't have anything, it didn't have any work to do. And so they needed to downsize, they needed to send people home. Well, the mining miracles of Mother Nature through Tropical Storm Erica gave us in Dominica more work than public works can handle for years to come. But still, they have not put public works back in, on its feet. They're still helping out and giving jobs to their friends while public works remains without work to do. That is unacceptable because more than six months after Erica, we still don't have any national plan for the utilization of the billions of stones and the tons of sand that are sitting down in our ravines and gorges that are enough to build more houses than we need in the reconstruction phase of Dominica. Do you find it strange you're not hearing anything from the government on how they're progressing with the reconstruction? All they told us is that we needed $1.3 billion for the reconstruction, but six months later we have no idea how they have progressed. How much money have they raised? What have they done? The people of Pitit Savannah are still unsettled. The Petrocasas? Okay. And that's, that's about it? Yeah, but, yes. but, but the public works matter is a particularly vexing matter. And it, it is something that needs to be fixed and will be fixed by us in the national interest of the Commonwealth of Dominica. Okay. Yes, Prezi. All right. You think next time I go to Dominica, we will have an international airport? What was that? Next time I go to Dominica, could I land on an international airport? When, when next you plan to visit, Prezi? When Skerritt leave? Well, well, there's a good chance, there's a good chance that you will land at an international airport. If you're planning, if, if that's your game plan, there's a good chance you'll land at an international airport. That's what I want. I want. Right. <laughs> when I was a little boy, I saw stone plane, but I want plane to stone me. Yeah. All right? But you know, All right. on, on this, on this question of the international airport, we have spent 16 years, 16 years in Dominica, arguing with ourselves that we do not need an international airport. And then when we were coming into the elections of 2014, all of a sudden, the Prime Minister, in vote-catching mode, wanted to build the same international airport that he said Dominica didn't need or Dominica couldn't afford. St. Kitts is an international airport. It is smaller than Dominica. St. Vincent and the Grenadines with Dominica were the last two countries in the Eastern Caribbean in the OECS waiting to have international airports. Some time ago, the Prime Minister of St. Vincent came to Dominica and joined the chorus in his sister party, the Labour Party in Dominica, to say that we did not need an international airport. But he went back to St. Vincent after that statement in Dominica and immediately started working on his international airport. So St. Vincent now has an international airport which leaves Dominica as the only country in the Eastern, in the OECS without an international airport. You can imagine that we don't have an international airport, but Dominica has enough money 
for Roosevelt's care to be spending $262 U.S. per voter in Dominica when the whole of the American political system is spending $54 per voter, but we can't afford an international airport? You understand that, that mathematics? Or you don't? If you understand the mathematics of no airport in Dominica, put up your hands. You, un you don't understand it. Okay, if you understand it, make some noise. <laughs> no, it, no it's, ridic it's, rid it's really ridiculous. And these are the issues that we have to resolve. You know, just one story. Cruise tourism. In 2006, Dominica was bringing into its shores 400,000 passengers. 2006. St. Kitts was bringing in about 200,000. So the cruise product in Dominica was twice the size of that in St. Kitts in 2006. Ten years later, the cruise product in St. Kitts is attracting one million visitors and the one in Dominica is less than 400,000 where it was ten years ago. The only reason for that is incompetence in the government of the Commonwealth of Dominica. A failure, an abject failure of the Ministry of Tourism to take a key sector for growth of the tourism engine and make it work for the people of Dominica. You know what that has meant? In St. Kitts, the cruise product is supporting 1,200 jobs. In Dominica, less than 400. In St. Kitts, the intake of money from the spending of cruise visitors to St. Kitts, over 220 million U.S. dollars a year. In Dominica, less than 40 million. The numbers don't lie. They tell the story. But in an attempt to continue doing what they're doing, which is helping themselves, while the country heads to hell in a handbasket, they tell all these lies and all these stories that things are going well in Dominica. But the facts, the truth, the numbers tell us a complete different story, and you must pay attention to the numbers. We have another question. Hi, Mr. Linton. Hi. I have um, a couple questions, but the first one I have for you, um, when you become the next prime minister, and you will become the next prime minister, we I thank talk, you for your vote of confidence. We we keep talking about all these passports that are mm. out there, in, mm. you know, in the hands of these, you know, unsavory people, as we talked about. How do we keep track of this, and what what's going to happen afterwards? Can, in terms of, you know, can we res can we revoke their citizenship? What happens long term? And citizenship can be revoked. And citizenship has been revoked in Dominica. There was the case in 2001 of a gentleman called Leo Liang who had purchased a passport under the economic citizenship program that was supposed to build the hotel at Layu. And uh, that citizenship was revoked because it was determined that Leo Liang was not a fit and proper person to be holding Dominican citizenship. So there is precedent on record where a passport issued under economic citizenship program has been revoked. So we have a duty, we have a responsibility to identify all those passports that are in the hands of bandits and recall them, revoke them. More than that, 
critically of concern to me and to us in the, in the party is the number of diplomatic passports and the number of diplomatic positions that have been handed out to unsavory characters around the world. That has to stop. And once this government changes, all those holders of those passports will be required to bring them back. Good. Good. It doesn't get any simpler than that. I, I have one more question Thank you. Um, yes. in terms of the recent um, sexual offenses that have you know, been highlighted. And I think you know, social media has played you know, a, a role in actually bringing it to the forefront. And um, one, I'm very passionate about it, so I'm going to try to keep my cool. And I think um, Mr. Lloyd did an excellent job. He kept this cool. Um, it is something we should all be you know, ashamed of, and we should all... Um, be involved with. It's not a blue thing. It's not a red thing. It's not, you know, it's a Linton thing. Or it's a, a Dominica thing. It's a Dominica thing. Um, in terms of the um, Sexual Offenses Act that, you know, you would like to take to the parliament, mm. what exactly are we, are we asking for in terms of the changes? What changes are we asking for? I just wanted to clarify exactly, you know, to get a concrete plan of what we're asking for. Because in the end, a pedophile is a pedophile. Yeah. This Guys, they are pedophiles. They're animals in my book. And I know the whole world is listening. They're animals. They're pedophiles. That's what they are. And um, once, you know, they, you know, they get 10 years or whatever number of years they get, and then they come back to society, I just want a more concrete plan of what exactly are we asking for in terms of, you know, this amendment. Well, we would like to see things like the family court. We'd like to see legislation providing for a family court in which these cases are tried so that the atmosphere becomes less, much less intimidating for those who will, who will be required to testify about what has happened to them. We're looking at stiffer, stiffer penalties. There are recommendations for increasing the age of consent. The recommendations for the ethical code of conduct for childcare, people involved in childcare agencies and so on. So, all of those recommendations over the years that the child care agencies, child rights activists in Dominica have put together are now before the commission for review and for inclusion in the drafting of the revised legislation. So that's where we are. But just to give you an example. And if you look at the, the brochure handed out as you came here tonight, you would see a summary of, of some of the recommendations. We, su we fully support those and we'd like to see those enshrined in the new legislation. Lennox, if I may add to that, um, the NGO coalition in Dominica, there's a, a, a consortium of different organizations that have been working together to put together all of these amendments. And most of the amendments that they've proposed have been so far sort of accepted and under review, as Mr. Linton stated. However, there is one that was rejected, and that was to raise the age of consent from 16 to 18. So when this bill goes to Parliament, hopefully this year, these other uh, amendments may be enacted, but the age of consent will remain at 16, which is obviously a shame. Um, and one thing that I know upsets me, and I know many other people have been upset about, is that a petition was brought forth to the Prime Minister about three years ago that was supposed to have been taken to Cabinet, only to find out two years later that the petition could not be found. 3,000 signatures. Hard work undertaken by an activist, Ms. Delia Cuffey Weeks, and this petition just disappeared. And now we're hearing that the Minister of Security is saying he doesn't think the age of consent necessarily has to be changed or lifted because there's no proof that it will curb 
uh, the offenses against children sexually. So well, just no, but, but to your point, um, this is a democracy. The people decide what the people want or what they want their government to do on their behalf. If the people want the age of consent raised to from 16 to 18, then the people should insist that the government raises, that the parliament raises the age of consent from 16 to 18. We serve the people of Dominica, not ourselves. So it cannot be that you have a number of people out in the society expressing themselves through a petition, and you have one or two ministers of government deciding, for whatever reason, that they will not increase. They must give the rationale, they must subject this to debate. And at the end of the day, they must subject themselves to the will of the people. If it is the will of the people that the age of consent in protection of the children should go up, then that is exactly what should happen. Good evening, Mr. Linton. Good evening. Good evening to the listening audience. Uh, Mr. Linton, it's always a joy to listen to you, particularly when you come on, on the radio, Q95. Sometimes I have the time I listen in. And, you know, I always hear you, you know, say good morning to the people of Concord. And I really appreciate that <laughs> because I feel like you're saying good morning to me all the way in New Jersey. So I do feel good about that. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Now, my take is not much. I, I, I want to say that um, we, we have concerns. We all have concerns about the sexual abuse, you know, among our young children, well, with these big grown men and, you know, these young children. But um, one of the things I would like to say as a parent and as a mother, I think parents, mothers, we need to be more proactive. We need to know what is happening to our children. We need to pay particular attention to our children. Because regardless of how high you put the age for consent, if parents are not particular with the children, if they're not paying, if they're not looking at the children closely, you know, then those things will still happen. It's not going to prevent it. So we have to find, we have to be able to merge whatever we are doing inside of the house so parents can be more aware of what is happening to the children and what their children are doing at all times. And um, I think this is going to alleviate some of the problems. I have a concern with the hospital in Marigot that is closed. This is the only hospital, the hospital that is there to facilitate the Melvin Hall Airport, which I consider to be the, mo the main airport in Dominica. It is closed in a dilapidated condition. This is the same hospital that, um, that, um, what, that serviced, um, the, the entire, you know, north, you know, from Carib Reserve all the way down to Kalibishi and it's closed. I'm kind of wondering how do the people get around? Because I know Marigot is a, is a community where we have a lot of civil servants, Marigot Wesley, a lot of civil servants, Kalibishi all over, and everyone pays taxes. And I want to think that in light of the fact that people pay taxes, I want to think that these services should be available, particularly health, Medicare. That service, that hospital should be open and available to, you know, to facilitate people in that area whenever they get sick or whenever they want to see a doctor in the area and it's closed. It is in that dilapidated condition. I don't know what is going on and what, you know, commitment or um, promise the government has made in order to fix that situation. But you know, as far as I know, the hospital is still closed. What is your take on that? Do you have anything, you know, that you can guarantee us tonight? Thank you. Thank you. 
Hospitals in the sky. Just one on the ground. He who goes there dies. <laughs> you know, I thank you for that question. It's a very serious question. The Marigold Hospital serves the Crayfish River to Calibishi area. All of the hamlets and villages in between. As you rightly pointed out, it is the closest medical facility to the national airport and therefore the one available to deal with emergencies should they arise at the national airport. Some years ago, the hospital was shut down for termite infestation. And since then, it has been reduced to a sort of health center type operation downstairs of the original building. The government has promised $1 million in the budget of 2015-2016 to give us a new hospital. Although the repair work for on the existing dilapidated hospital will cost somewhere in the region of three to five million dollars. The repairs to what we have now will cost three to five million, I'm told, but we are being told we can get a new one with one million dollars. That is some math that needs to be worked out as well. I keep reminding the government of Dominica that persecuting and victimizing the people of Marigot is not in the best interest of Dominica. A better Marigot means a better Dominica. It is one of the most productive areas of the country and because the people have not voted for you, that is not a reason to try to put them under manners and to keep them under your feet from now until the kingdom comes. It's not going to work in any event. Marigot people are not like that. So now, the Marigot people have been very patient. The Marigot people in Dominica have been patient. The Marigot people living overseas have been patient as they watch their government ignore everything that needs to be done for Marigot that will be in the interest of Dominica overall. It's not just the hospital, you know. It's the road, it's the farm access roads. It's the roads in the village. It's the state of infrastructure in Marigot, generally one of the most productive areas where people pay a lot of taxes that are, that are being ignored by this government simply because of the voting preference of the people of Marigot for the last 25 years. And the time has come when the people of Marigot will start behaving differently to this government that continues to ignore them and continues to refuse to do anything about the matters that are of concern to the people of Marigot in particular and the people of Dominica in general. So we have been taking notes. Do not believe that the people of Marigot are asleep. They know exactly what is going on, but they have been patient. And their patience is one thing. 
the roads to the farm to the to the to the farms especially in the area of Vauxhall and Sunley and Kayambuk and Hanover and Coffee and so on need to be fixed the government promised a Bailey bridge when the Vauxhall bridge collapsed in tropical storm Erica 6 months later not a word they promised assistance with the access road through Coffee the Marigot Development Corporation raised $10,000 with an event around, around Independence Time to kickstart the work on that project. The government has refused to move. The government refuses to do anything about it. And the Marigot people have been patiently taking note. The time for action is at hand. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. While last week, while it was hot and sunny in Roseau, the weather in Marigot rained out and flooded the airport. So the weather has already started its protest and started to show is disgust of what's happening and this is only the first time it's going to be happening on a regular basis the lord moves in mysterious ways all the time his wonders to perform yes good evening everyone good evening mr lynchon good evening um Marceline, my sister here from Concord, did ask the question that i wanted to ask about the hospital you emphasize on the feeder road now i'm going to just say one little thing yes the people of marigot have been very very patient and they are testing and testing and testing us and it is going to happen our sisters and brothers in salisbury stand up they stood up strong but we the people of marigot will stand up much stronger I just wanted to emphasize on that. Thank you very much. Okay. Good evening again, everybody. Um, I just wanted to put a little bit of, um, one second, add to something Sherry said a few minutes ago regarding the child abuse situation. And just like Marjorie spoke of a while ago, and Zed so emphatically spoke about some time ago, a few hours ago, I myself, I am very passionate about the child abuse issue that's going on in Dominica right now. It seems that uh, the poor man, it's, child abuse should never be condoned. Condoned. Child molestation should never be condoned. But it seems like the poor man faces more, more persecution than those in authority. When that reaches to that level where people who are supposed to look out for the young, for the, for the children are the ones, when they become the ones who take advantage of the children, then there is a serious, serious problem. And, and just to add to what Sherry said, I'm trying to pull it up in my phone. A survey was done online. Um, you know, there were some questions asked about uh, the whole child abuse issue in Dominica. And I just have the results of one of the questions that Sherry spoke um, touched on a few minutes ago, which is uh, raising the consent age to the age of 18. 
And there was, out of that question, 73% of the people agreed. This is, where I'm, this is where I'm going to start. If 73% of the people agreed that the consent age should be raised from 16 to 18, I listened to the Attorney General sometime this week or last week, spoke about the amended laws. I, I am, I, I'm just like Modri said, you have to really try to control your emotions on this one. I am enraged when 3,000 signatures were gathered on a petition asking the government to amend the laws and that was just pushed aside or it was lost. How can that be? How, how can you lose something so important? I'm a mother. I sacrifice everything for my child. That's what parents are supposed to do. Parents are offering their children to these men. Parents are taking money to make it go away. When, when the Attorney General sees what is happening in Dominica, not just Dominica, it, it's not only Dominica. I want people to understand that it's not just resigned to Dominica. But we are Dominicans. And when it is happening at that rate in Dominica, we have to speak about it. And not just speak about it. We have to act it. We have to act it. So if in Dominica, they are afraid to stand up, and they are afraid to speak. And like you said, Mr. Linton, democracy is listening to the people. When the people ask, 3,000 people ask, not the government, not party, you know, that is an NGO, these are people. Miss Delia Coffee, which has been working her life off to help these children, and you tell me, you casually say it was lost. How can it be lost? What do we do? What do you do to find it? What do you do to change the laws? We have to stand up. We stood up at the UN last year. We will be standing up again for the children of Dominica. You can rest assured, Dominica, we will be standing up for you. We will be standing up for you. And this time we will be calling on all Dominicans. All Dominicans. This is a human rights issue. This is a human rights violation, and we have to stand up. We cannot allow these guys to just constantly say, the AG said it's going to his cabinet by the end of the year. By the end of the year? How many of the children are going to be tortured and desecrated and then get to cabinet by next year or parliament by next year? That's what he said. These are his words. These are his words. Why? Why? Why can't that be a priority? We gathered in one week, we gathered almost a thousand signatures. People want to see a difference. Dominicans, Dominicans talking alone. You have to stand up. You, we have to stand up. We cannot just sit back and expect these guys to do these things for us. The same thing with electoral re reform. We have to stand up and let them understand. If they don't want to listen to Dominicans, let's bring it to the international world. When the international world knows about it, they will start 
listening. And that is what we are about. We are Dominica. We, Dominica, we advocate for those who cannot speak and those who are afraid to stand up. And I understand, you know. I understand. And just like Zed said, even we ourselves face persecution. But you know what? My mother raised me right. That lady whom I love so dearly, she raised me right. She raised me to stand up for what is just and what is right. And that is what I will do. And that's what Dominicans are supposed to do. We have to do this for Dominica, guys. We must do this. We have to save our country. This is not about party and politics. It's about our country, our Dominica. All right? Just finally, before I leave, you have your forms. Go ahead. Fill out those forms. Join WAD. Become a member. The more, the merrier, the stronger, the louder our voices will be. We, we, we have to be the Dominica that the, the people in Dominica, Dominica back home are afraid to stand up for. We have to stand up for them. We have to. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your passion, Addy. And always remember, people, the power in people is greater than the people in power. Yes, Roy. <laughs> I mean, the question is, how did you get there? And why? You understand? Look, uh, we have what we call a government. That's what they say, a government. But the same people that is in the government are the same people that is out there abusing our children, abusing Dominicans, okay? And then we sit back and allow it to happen, okay? I think we have gotten to a crossroad right now when Dominicans have to decide, okay, enough is enough. And then and stop allowing a few people, and if you, you could count it, a few men, and a, probably a couple of women, basically taking this country down a precipice. And then I believe we have to stand up, okay? And how many of us that live, that enjoy ourselves in the, in the U.S. is prepared to pack our bags and to go back to Dominica and then to take and then to really take responsibility and then to do what is necessary and change that country. I believe a lot of us came here for a better life, okay? And all, a lot of us have a passion about Dominica, but I, I think we have come to a junction right now. We have to decide, look, because we cannot depend on the people in Dominica alone to do it. It's, not, it's one thing to say, okay, let's demonstrate, you know, the people from, from Salisbury, I mean, they show us what can be done. And they show us that, that, that there's a government that is desperate. Okay? Because if you see the way that these guys responded to poor farmers, all right, because they are scared. All right? This, the Roosevelt administration, I spent 12 months in Dominica in, from, in 2011, 2012. And I, you know, and some of us that live here, for 15, 20, 30 years, 
Go back and spend six months in Dominica to see what it's like. And then the people that went back to Dominica, the Dominican in the diaspora that is responsible for going back to Dominica and help keep security in, 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 in government, they, it's their responsibility now to change that and to go back. Okay? To go back and change that, change what, the, to right the wrong, to make it right now. Because Skerritt has lost his way. All right? And Skerritt should have never become Prime Minister of Dominica. Because when you take a 31-year-old boy, okay, to give him to run a country, and then I can remember in 2004, I called the then ambassador and I said to him, what's wrong with you all guys? How can you give a 31-year-old boy that has no life experience to run a country? What do you expect? When you put a child in a room full of candy, what do you think the child is going to do? All right? And sometimes I feel sorry for Skerritt because, this, I mean, Skerritt was put there. All right? And then a lot of these guys thought they would be able to control Skerritt, but they didn't realize they were creating a monster and know that we are, we are paying the price for what is going on in Dominica. Skerritt has become an international criminal. Okay? And then the man is probably connected to the, all, the, all the big in terms of the criminals around the world. And then right now, we have to stop it. Okay, and, and I support that sentiment. Time has come. Forget about this whole process because it's not working. We have to take matters in our own hand. Good night, Mr. Linton. Good, Good night, night to sir. everybody in here. I have a concern because when you hear the government, um, the, the opposition parliamentarians saying that they're willing to die as long as it's for a cause, I'm very much concerned about your security. Because when the people start to rally to take down scary, you as the one have to be at the forefront. And don't take scare it lightly. Remember, they never find Maurice Bishop and his cabinet ministers. Do not take scare it lightly. That is my concern. Start checking on your security. If you have to go to the new secret service for backup, start doing something about it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your concern. It is noted. I only say that those who give should also be able to take back. Those who give the, the privilege of governance to whoever also have the privilege of taking back that governance responsibility from people who have demonstrated for 16 years they are not worthy of it, they're not capable of doing what the people want, they are only being there taking care of themselves while the country gallops to hell in a handbasket. We've been saying it's time for change, but the change is long in coming. And uh, don't ever forget the Lord helps those who help themselves. Thank you, Mr. Linton. Thank you. Well, it's almost 11 o'clock. 
Um, it's a Saturday night. I know most of you either want to go home or go to have some fun. We have to thank Mr. Linson for being here with us late on a Saturday night. If we can all maybe just stand up and give him a round of applause as we prepare to close. I hope this was informative. I hope you learned a lot. And I hope you are all inspired to do something for your country. It's not enough to talk, as Adelaide said. We have to do something. You may not be politically active, but you may be concerned about the protection of children. You may be concerned about our democracy slipping away from us. So I want you guys to all consider becoming a member of We Are Dominica and just to lend your voice to the critical issues that are plaguing us in our country and in the diaspora as well. Before we close, I would like to call a few guys up from the den, the lion's den, up to the stage. We are Dominica would like to issue a small thank you for their support. So if the lions from the lion's den can come up to the stage, this will be our closing for the evening. These men went out of their way to help support We Are Dominica during the protests at the UN. They've always opened up their doors for any events we've been willing to, we've been planning. And this is their contribution to helping Dominica become a better place to live, a better place to work, and a better place to raise our children safely. Please, yourself, guys. Good night. My name is Garth Edwards from Marigot. Good evening to everyone. My name is Michael Richardson Marigot, a member of the Lions Den, and it's a place that we always speak about. And we give a nice warming when you come into Lions Den. So we invite everyone to check out Lions Den for the Labor Day Jam. Craig Hunt from Marigot. Thanks for everyone for coming. And we have a special plaque here. It says to the Lions Den. Patriots for your country, Dominica, from We Are Dominica Patriots. Please give a round of applause to the guys from the Lions Den. I, I want you to pay very special attention to this plaque. Look at it. Look at the brilliance of the work on it. It is the work of a gentleman that you hear on radio all the time, and you believe he does nothing but talk. His name is Tyrone Blessings Anthony. This is his work. This is his work. Have a look at it. Beautiful. Listeners to TDN, listeners to TDN Radio, you uh, were listening to a live broadcast from um, Brooklyn, New York. The, the group We Are Dominica hosted a special event. Um, to address issues of child abuse reform and electoral reform. In attendance as the All feature right, speaker, special the guest was Honorable Lennox Again, Linton. for everyone tonight, we just want to thank you for coming out. We encourage you to continue learning more about the issues plaguing the country. We have one, yeah, one final request on the program for tonight on the very back page. There's a membership form. Just fill it out with your name and information. We'll contact you. So, 
So if you want to learn more about Weir Dominica, you can go on their website, Weir Dominica. They have a Facebook page. I want to thank you for staying with us. And, and this is a outside broadcast special program by TDN Radio Production. And it's an event put on by Weir Dominica WAD, a political action movement um, that, that says that they're targeting change in Dominica. And tonight was a action planning session, part one, electoral and child abuse reform. And in attendance, as I said, a special guest speaker was the Honorable Lennox Linton, leader of the opposition of Dominica. So this is CDN Radio signing out and saying good night, and we return you back to our regular programming. I'm Anthony Drago.